Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the Standing Room Only podcast. I'm Goose. As always, I'm here with Healy. This is episode number 84. We have a wild one in the books. This is a wild week, wild day, simply because Lollapalooza started. Just kidding. We can call it Lollapalooza for sports. NBA draft, big trades, MLB, big trades, trade deadlines right around the corner. Got a little bit of NFL to talk about as well. Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers. Make sure you are following us. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter, the SR Only Pod. Uh, listen to our podcast on YouTube. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts as well. If you guys do like what you're hearing, hit that download button. You can follow our personal accounts. I'm iGoose with four O's. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch. We also have Healy as well. You can follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at the Healy 6 Twitter, unavailable right now. It should be back tomorrow, or the day you're listening to this. So, yeah, at the Healy 6 So, with that being said, I don't know about you guys. Healy, I don't know about you, but I am flabbergasted, and that's an understatement. We're going to start with the NBA. The NBA draft is tonight. I can... I'm going to be honest, I only know a handful of those picks, and I'm talking like maybe the top 10. But the biggest news out of the NBA, finally, we get a huge blockbuster trade. Russell Westbrook is officially going to LA to play alongside with LeBron and Anthony Davis. He is a Laker, a part of a trade in which he is sent over for Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, KCP, Montrez Harrell. The number 22 pick in tonight's draft. And also the Wizards, they gave up two uh, second round picks in 2024 and 2028, which who knows what's going to happen with those picks. It's huge. It clears up much needed space to allow the big three over in LA. It gives Kyle Kuzma an opportunity to, to, to showcase his talents. I mean, he really has not had an opportunity. I know he's had some playing time. It's just tough over in LA. Hands down, the biggest trade that I'm 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 blown away. I never thought I would have seen Russell Westbrook, even later in his career, same thing with LeBron, pairing up with LeBron James. Both guys who are triple double you know, capable on any given night. Obviously, Russell Westbrook comes off of I don't want to say arguably one of his best seasons, but the fact that they started off so bad and he ended up leading them to the playoffs, at least to a play in. And that speaks a lot. We just had Daniel Gafford on the podcast who swore up and down. He's the best teammate he's ever had. I'm excited for LA Healy. What are your thoughts on that? um, That trade? I'm we're going to see. If Russell Westbrook can put away the haters of him not being able to contribute to a championship team. In the past, we've seen it. He's been with great teams, but due to his performance and just chemistry with how he works with other guys on the team, it's hurt the, hurt the, the teams that he's been with. Mm-hmm. Uh, like James Harden, he wasn't able to like work well with. In Houston, he was with Paul George in OKC. OKC teams with 
Durant, though, I don't think we're as bad. I think it worked well. Durant works very well off the ball. He doesn't need many many shots a game. So that worked out well. We saw them almost make it to the finals. They ended up losing 3-1 to one before Durant left. That was That was their moment. Now he has to work with LeBron and AD. LeBron, he's getting older. He's still very good. He's getting a little bit older, so he's not able to do it all himself. And you kind of mentioned it. He's kind of like a mini LeBron in which he just does like kind of everything. Mm -hmm. He can like kind of take over some games. He still has athleticism. And it just gives him another way to manage the ball. Doesn't always have to be in LeBron's hands. And sometimes these Lakers teams with their point guards, they've kind of been slacking. Their championship team was decent. They had Rondo on that team, I believe. This past year, they had Schroeder, and he was just okay. But I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I like it. I think I'm, it'll work out very yeah. well, and they're a threat. Make it to the finals again next season. Yeah, their team tremendously just improved. And it's funny because last offseason when Russ went to uh, when or I don't even think that was the was that before the start of the season, he got traded from Houston to Washington. And we every a lot of people thought the Rockets got the steal in the draft because they're getting John Wall. He's, you know, more of a pure point guard. And obviously, Russell shut that down so quick. I mean, he averaged another triple double. I think it's huge because, like you mentioned, LeBron is getting older. And we don't know what's going to happen, how the recovery of his ankle is going to be now that he's a little bit older. Obviously, it affected him in the playoffs. Anthony Davis has had some injuries throughout his career. And obviously, it could, you know, he tried to give it a go in the last game against Phoenix in the playoffs, couldn't do it. But if they're all on the floor, LeBron, yeah, his game has slowed down. But, I mean, he has tremendously improved on turnarounds on and he's just his IQ is always going to be an A plus D Davis he can do it all um and and I think Russ and his explosiveness is going to be able to draw doubles in the paint or allow him to get open because LeBron is doing his thing I just think that it him as a weapon adds so much more to this already talented Lakers team um, I, 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 I don't see how they wouldn't be favorited, uh, in Vegas to be the, the champion, the NBA finals, uh, at least in the finals. Um, mm -hmm. I know a lot out of, of the West, are, I think out of the West. the West, I can tell you right now, if Chris Paul comes back, Phoenix is not going to be the favorite. And, and I'm, I, again, I'm, I'm done talking about Phoenix. I think they're a great team. I just feel like their path was a little bit easier than it should have been. Obviously injuries all round that they played not to take anything away from them but now we are talking about um the clippers are going to be without Kawhi leonard probably the whole season more than likely i don't see him coming back for the playoffs even with a torn acl uh i don't i, I believe the lakers are going to be the team to beat um and i don't think it's going to be close as long as they stay healthy these guys are a little bit older they are a little bit older so we'll see but big time trade Big time trade. Washington is going to have to start a rebuild. I think that was, they, they understand that. Mm -hmm. I think Bradley Beal said he's down to stay in Washington uh, before we get onto that. LA, though, they do need to sign some veterans. They will, but 
hopefully they get some of the right picks that they maybe they can maybe they get like Duncan Robinson for super cheap to come through. I know he's not a veteran, but he's a knockdown shoot, you know, three point mm-hmm. shooter. So that's yeah. usually what they have. They always have these random like LeBron always has like a couple good three point shooters like James Jones and and Ray, you know, Ray Mike Allen Miller. and Mike Miller. Yeah, you know, these random guys where yeah, they're not gonna explode for 20, 25 points a game, but in the playoffs, there might be a 25 point game. So now that opens the door for Dennis Schroeder, as you mentioned. He's seeking like a four or five year deal for 140, 150 million. Mm-hmm. He's good. He's good. I'm sure he's going to get it because that's not, I don't think, necessarily a max contract nowadays. But Chicago, for the love of God, do not give him that money because that kills the salary cap. And I guarantee you they will not win with Levine and Vucevic. And and Dennis Schroeder, like it's just not gonna happen. Their best bet is to see what Kobe White has or go after Lonzo Ball. Yes, get Lonzo. You gotta get Lonzo. I think Lonzo is restricted, so I think the Pelicans can match whatever. I don't offers think they will, there. though. I don't see. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. The Pelicans are like like. What are they gonna do as far as point guards go? I mean, they did just trade. Um, for Valanchunas, they gave up Steven Adams. So Steven Adams in Memphis now, which I think is awesome. I love Steven Adams' game. I actually like Valanchunas' game too. So I think it's they're both going to complement each of their new teams. But free agency next week, we will be talking about it. They can start negotiating, I believe, August 2nd, which is this upcoming Monday. Um, there's not a whole lot, but... One big factor is Chris Paul's player option. This offseason, it's it, it's essentially called the Chris Paul effect. You're not going to really see big names go anywhere until we know where Chris Paul goes. For all we know, Chris Paul can easily decline his option and go sign with Chicago. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know if I want the Bulls to do it. But if it's a two-year deal, I'll be okay with that. He was the best player on Phoenix in the playoffs, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Also with Phoenix, they got Landry Shamit today. They did. That was, that was a good pick That's, up from them. They need they need the three point shooters. I think uh and they I think Phoenix is gonna be good for the next few years. I mean, Cam Johnson should get a starting role. Um and obviously the other guys on their team, but I don't know was there I don't think there was a whole lot of other trades quite Ricky yet. Ricky Rubio went to oh. Cleveland. Yeah, that's so is Colin I wonder, Sexton out. I don't know. He's been rumored to be traded as well. Colin Sexton is um I I like him. I think he's good. There was a game, it was uh what game did we we tu- we tuned into a double overtime the game. The Nets and he was hit so many threes in a row. He dropped and like 20 young. straight points. He is literally and I guarantee everybody has seen this video but not have known who it is. There's a video where in high school, the guy was staring him down and he turned around and gave him that look like, yeah, I see you staring at me. What's up? And I guarantee we balled out that game too. But Colin Sexton, if the Cavs want to deal him, every team should be listening because that dude is a game changer and he's young. Um, Some of the other notables, Cam Reddish is on the trade block, which... Mm-hmm is big time because he was hurt almost the whole season mm-hmm. in the playoffs and balled out. 
You want to hear At a rumor I heard about Kuzma and Harrell? What's that? Those guys would be used as pieces to get Spencer Dinwiddie from the Nets. Really? They'd have Spencer Dinwiddie run the one, Beal at the two. I, who would they have at the three? It'd be Denny. Hopefully he comes around. They still have Daniel Gafford. I think Gafford's probably going to end up starting. Rui Hachimura. At the four, yeah. And then at center, though, I mean, are they going to keep running Rolo? Probably not. They're, they are a team that's going to struggle for the next couple of years. But mm-hmm. that would be good. As a matter of fact, if the Nets get Montrez Harrell, I like Montrez Harrell. He's physical. He always has been. College, the Lakers, others. I'm excited. I'm excited for this free agency. There's um, somebody else has a player option in free agency that I can't think of right now. But Cam Reddish, as I mentioned, with the, with the Hawks is apparently they're looking for a package for him, which I think he is going to be a starter in most teams. Um, but again, it's all going to come down to, you know, once the, the, the main domino falls, which is going to be Chris Paul, um, we'll see what ends up happening there. There's another player option. Kawhi Leonard is apparently going to opt in. I believe, um, John Collins is a restricted free agent. So I like John Collins. I, I've been sold on Atlanta for the past couple of years because I always thought he complimented Trey Young so well because they're both – he moves well. He moves well off the ball. He's pr- actually a better rebounder than what I gave him credit for. I thought he'd be like a 21-8 and eight every game, but in the playoffs, he ended up pulling like a couple 14, 15 rebound games. So we'll see what happens there. I, 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 I'm actually a huge fan of John Collins, and Atlanta's a piece or two away if they can make the right trade or keep him or let him go – it, it can it could shape their their upcoming season yeah uh there doesn't seem to be we're kind of late in the first round at the moment so i don't see there being many more draft trades that are happening probably not yeah the typical cade cunningham went normal number one i think jalen suggs went to the the magic cool but my draft knowledge this year, after looking at it tonight, I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot about a lot of these rookies compared to last year. Last year was, like, fun to look into because there was LaMelo. You talked about Anthony Edwards. With COVID happening and, like, just college basketball not being great this past season, it was hard to keep up. Yeah, yep. They, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, your top 10, I know a handful of those guys. I knew Evan Mobley was going to be a top pick. I mean, seven footer with a pretty good range. The fact that he went to the Cavs, I'm, I'm excited to see what the Cavs do. If the Cavs really do end up shopping Colin Sexton, because it was rumored that apparently they were going to look for a package and it still could happen. Um, Obviously, his contract, I, he may have already gotten a huge contract. Maybe that's what they want to ship him off for, but see what ends up happening. I'm excited because, you know, obviously we're from Chicago. We're Bulls fans, and we're like, I feel like right there. We're like this season or next season from really competing, but it's all going to come down to Billy Donovan in the front office determining, okay, this is our guy moving forward. You know, obviously they're going to have to dump like 
that I actually we I think Dad Young might already be a free agent. I could be wrong. Lori Markinen, they're probably gonna let him go. I don't think they're gonna match any offers for him. I hope they let him go. I he just have, doesn't he doesn't fit anymore with the this Bulls team. We saw it last year with Laurie and Vucevic on the floor at the same time. They weren't yeah. it. And also Laurie Markinen, say it again, he's a seven footer that has a mentality of a six footer. Does not play with his size at yeah. all. Yeah. He doesn't play big. He does not play big. Apparently the Timberwolves are um eyeballing him so maybe there's a little a sign in trade would be cool <laughs> i highly doubt that'll happen though i think just let him go you don't want to eat that contract and uh the bulls have like the fifth highest salary cap i think around there which is this crazy it's crazy that they it's I, it's a very, 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 it's something we don't see often because of how bad our front office was. Like signing guys like Dad Young, getting yeah. some guys with these huge deals like that don't play. That don't, I mean, I actually, Daddy's Young ended up playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. But besides him. Well, I'm just thinking about it like the, the Bulls team's going to be good, but I don't think of them off the top of my head of championship contenders because they don't have a superstar. Like the Bucks, you can name Giannis, you can name uh, Harden, Durant, you can name Steph Curry out west with LeBron, AD, uh, somewhat Jokic, Hawaii, Paul George. I don't know if they're very good, but like when I think of Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic, I don't really think like, oh wow, like we're we're gonna be very good. They can be. It's just not the typical guys we're used to. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say they're superstars. I, I would say that they are all-stars yeah. above, like an all-star two, if you will. Yeah. They're right there. They are right mm-hmm. there. Both guys, I mean, both guys definitely have had moments and seasons where they would be statistically considered a superstar. Um, but it's all going to come down to, I mean, maybe Kobe White finally has his breakout year. I mean, he's he towards the end of the season, he had big games, big games. They need a legitimate not, point guard, though. Exactly. Kobe not White's a not a true, point guard. Exactly. He's not a true point. And, and he can run the point in situations, just like like Thomas Sadoransky runs the point a lot. And the dude's like, to, I think he's like 6'7", but I just think they need a true point guard. And I, I, and I know a lot of people might disagree, but I think Alonzo would be their mm-hmm. most true point guard that they've had if they land him in a long time, in a very long time. Since Kirk Heinrich. Since Kirk Heinrich, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, like we, had, we had Derek Rose, but I want to consider him like, like he was a superstar. And he was, I wouldn't consider him like a true point guard because he was, he was a very good scorer. Yeah. He didn't need a dish off. But like Lonzo could provide you like 10 and 10 every game if you want him to. He's got good size. He's got, he's, he's what, good six, defensively six? too. He's good yeah. defensively too. Exactly. And that's something we don't usually have. We're a team that turns the ball over too much. We don't close out fourth quarters. And, well, that's a reflection of the defense. Like, the defense has not been that great. Actually, Zach Levine stepped it up defensively this year. I know he doesn't get a lot of credit. It's getting better. But um, I think one uh, getting Alonzo Ball would be huge for the Bulls. I'm not saying that they are going to be a top-four seed. And I know I've been saying it since this podcast started. They should be 
finally rolling in the top eight. I don't see how they wouldn't. Yeah, especially in the East. And like with yeah, Russell exactly. Westbrook going out West, even better. Yep. Yeah, because Washington, there's no way. There's If Bradley Beal manages to lead this team to the playoffs, maybe Kyle Kuzma has an awesome year. I don't know. Bradley Beal should be the highest paid player in the league if that's the case. Yeah, we've seen Bradley Beal run, manage a team just because John Wall was hurt a majority of the time he was there. They yep. didn't do so hot. Yeah, we'll see about that. But I think that's going to do it for the NBA. Next week's a huge episode because we still have the trade deadline for MLB that is fully loaded already today, but some may happen after our podcast. We have the NBA. We have more trades to happen. We have the free agents uh, signing starts next week. My birthday's next week. Turn up for the one time. Um, but we're going to transition over to the MLB. And Healy, I'm going to let you steal the, steal the thunder with this one because there is a whole lot of trades, transactions over the last 48 hours, a lot today. Huge, huge trades that I'm excited for. Why don't you steal the thunder here? Steal the, steal the light. So we'll start off with some of the minor, minor deals. I also may miss a deal. I'm sorry if I don't get your deal in this podcast episode. There are so many to keep track that I tried like writing them all down right before the podcast. I was not good enough to just write them down as they went down. There probably is a website I could look up right now that would have them all as well. Anyways, though, the Reds uh, beef up their bullpen. They got Michael Givens from the Rockies. They got Luis Sessa from the Yankees, along with Justin Wilson. Their bullpen, trash. Straight garbage. And they've been winning games. They've been beating St. Louis. Uh, they just took three out of four from the Cubs. They lost that one game because their bullpen was garbage. So they're, and like, if they want to make the playoffs, they have to win the division. Are they going to win the division? I Right now, it's looking like it's the Brewers to lose. But at the moment, the Reds are seven games back. They're only four and a half back of the wild card. I think that's what they're trying to push for. The four, like, they're still in the hunt, per se. They didn't have to give up a lot either. They didn't give up like any major prospects. And this doesn't hurt them at all. So good pickups for them, especially because their bullpen's garbage. The Mariners get Tyler Anderson from the Pirates. I believe Tyler Anderson. He is in a one-year deal. He is a free agent after the season. So he'll be there till the end of the season. Uh, they've just needed better starting pitcher, starting pitching in Seattle. Seattle also gave away Kendall Graveman to the Astros. I don't know if you saw it, but the Mariners had an insane comeback against the Astros during the beginning of the series. Guy hits a grand slam to make it like 11-8 or 11-9 or something. They end up winning, and then they make a trade right after the game. Kendall Graveman's a closer. He was having a fantastic year. He's a free agent after the year, so he goes to the Astros. They get a good pickup there. In return... The Mariners get a guy named Abraham Toro. I believe his first name's Abraham. Yes, Abraham Toro. And fun fact of him, 
He's the first player ever to homer against one team. And then get uh, the following day, homer against the other team. So you homer two straight days for two different teams. Wow. So they they got that. The Mariners guys, they were not happy at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, they liked Kendall Graveman. The Astros also get Yimmy Garcia from the Marlins. I believe they also got another bullpen pickup. They, they needed to beef up their bullpen. They got the moves. In response, though, the Mariners did get Diego Castillo, who is under control for the next few years. They gave up a guy who is a free agent after the year for a guy who they'll have control for quite a bit. They didn't give up too much for him at all. But now we're starting to get to, like, the bigger ones, the, the more on-topic ones. Kyle Schwarber traded to the Boston Red Sox. Wait. I, right now. No, right oh, now. Oh, <laughs> what? I, I'm seeing Twitter fly by right now. But Schwarber is going to the Boston Red Sox. The Nats are in full sell mode right now. I don't know for who, but I wanted to bring it up because Kyle Schwarber is going to be a beast in Boston. Going to another red team. He has been fun to watch this year. So if we get players, I'll keep you updated on that. But right now, Kyle Schwarber is uh, going to going to Boston. Currently wow. tweeting out. Four bombs at Fenway are going to be fun. Wow, that's incredible. And that was his first year over in Washington. Yeah, he signed a one-year deal. So he should he should get a multi-year deal after this year, you'd think. So, oh, yeah, he's going to go for 30 home runs at least. So, I mean, he's already at 25. So Kyle Schorber there wanted to bring that up because it's exciting news, and it involves a former Cub. Jesus Lazardo going to Miami for Starling Marte. This was a great trade. So Starling Marte, expiring contract, going to a playoff contention team, the Oakland Athletics. Oakland doesn't like paying people, so it's good. They don't have to worry about him after this year. But Starling Marte, very solid center fielder. Get on base for you. Good. The rotation and whatnot, it's been it's been pretty decent. But Jesus Lazardo, he hasn't been doing great. He has, and like with what they're trying to do and trying to win, they kind of just needed to move him to a different place. So it was a one-for-one trade. Jesus Lazardo has five years of control left, which is going to be great for Miami. And we've seen what Miami can do. They had Sandy Alcantara. They have Pablo Lopez, who's been good. They've had Trevor Rogers, who is an all-star. All these guys they acquired over the past couple of years. And they're doing great. So it's good news for Jesus. He's going he grew up in Florida as well. And hopefully he can turn it around. If not, I don't think they're gonna get Stalin Marte back at the end of the year. Eduardo Escobar going to the Brewers. Thought he was gonna be a White Sox player. Ends up going to the Brewers. Brewers seem to always do this. They seem to get this utility guy. They did it with Mike Moustakis. 
They did it with Jonathan Scope one year. Mike was good. He was okay. Uh, Jonathan Scope was garbage. But Eduardo Escobar leads the National League in home runs at third base. So that's a great pickup for them. He's a switch hitter. He can also play a variety of positions. They've been having Luis Urias play third base. Good. They get the third baseman, which I don't like seeing as a Cubs fan. Does it matter anymore for me? No, it doesn't. But it hurts. Beefs them up a little more. We can talk about the White Sox for a little bit. Get your thoughts in on this. They get Cesar Hernandez, fill that second base spot. And they also get Ryan to para to help out in that bullpen. To big me, big time, big time. Much, I mean, as needed as it gets. They, they, with Nick Madrigal going down, obviously you're getting Cesar Hernandez, who is having, I would say, a career year. He's at least yeah. for home runs. I mean, he's good. He's, and he's got a good glove. He's going to play second base. He'll be a middle infielder right next to Tim Anderson. Nick Madrigal's out for the year. So it was a must grab. They gave up a prospect pitcher. Um, I'm trying, I don't even remember his name at the age of 23 plays double a who's actually pretty good prospect, but it was much needed. They get to para from the from the Cubs, which was cool that they are still dealing to each other because obviously North versus South, but it's different. One's in the AL one's in the NL. So it doesn't really matter, but he's having a good year coming out of the bullpen. I feel like the the Sox, some of their flaws is in their bullpen. Their starters are pretty damn good. I, I I feel like they won. They won. It's a quiet victory for the Sox, considering the major trades that have happened and are continuing to happen. As a Sox fan, I'm happy. It they add another bat. They add. They fill a position that they need. Eloy Jimenez is back. He had a a, a game. I would call it a game-winning home run. I mean, in like the seventh inning the other day, at a three-run mm-hmm. home run against the Royals. He's back already, doing his thing. He's fast. He looks faster. He looks healthier. And Lewis Roberts going to start his um rehab his start. uh his rehab starts. Yeah, very very shortly. So in the next couple of weeks, we're going to get Lewis Robert back. And now you're talking about a team that's been 12, 15, almost 20 games over 500 at times who hasn't been 100%. They've been hurt all year. Now you have the, the starters doing their thing. You're going to have the bats. The bats are going to be in full effect. And I think it is a scary situation for any team in the AL. And, I mean, even Houston, as good as they are, the Sox are, are going to match up with them. Now, I'm not saying that the Sox are the favorite right now. I feel like Houston might still be the favorite in the AL simply because they are pretty damn good. But the Sox one through three, one through four starters are good. Maybe one through five, I guess you can say, but by adding to the bullpen, Michael Kopech, keeping him in the bullpen is huge. Uh, Liam Hendricks had a couple of rough outings this year, but I still like him. And then the bats for me, that run support is everything. It's literally everything you have one through nine or one through eight, one through nine that can literally hit for average or hit for power and 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 with the way Tim Anderson's playing and everybody else they just they they're going to band together and they're going to be dangerous and I'm excited. Yeah, Cesar Hernandez he's having one of his lowest average and on-base years of his career. He's normally mm-hmm. a 272 hitter, he gets on base 340 347. 
Uh, this year, he has a 231 average, so 40 points lower. He's also 40 points lower on his on-base. But the big part is he's hitting home runs. It's his career high in slugging percentage, 10 points higher than he did in 2017. He's a career 388 slugging guy, which isn't great as a hitter. But this year, he's bat- he has a 431, which is 45, 43 points higher than normal. 97 OPS plus, but the Indians, they're just an okay team. Put him in this White Sox lineup, bat him a little lower. He's going to have protection. He should improve. Yeah. He should turn it around, especially because he has the power guys. So maybe he goes back to being more of like a contact type of hitter. Yeah. And he's playing for a contract because, I mean, it is his, I believe this is his final year on his contract. So, I mean, yeah, he's a rental. I mean, if the Sox, Sox like him, maybe they keep him, you know, bring him back next year. Maybe he doesn't. But, I mean, he has got a lot to play for mm-hmm. right now. Championship possibility and, and then He has an option. Team option. Mm-hmm. But so I, we'll do, I don't think they bring him back just because of Madrigal. And they yeah. have the depth with, like, Gavin Big Burger, guys like that. They have guys on the Mm-hmm. Agreed. I don't know if he wants that bench role. He could probably find a starting spot. So it's a good rental for now for the Sox. Ryan Tapera, great addition to the pen. He's a guy you love to see come out in the seventh or eighth inning to set up your close. Yep. He's just under a three ERA, but to start off the year, he was lights out. During the 11-game losing streak for the Cubs, that's where him and a bunch of other guys really, like, shit the bed. So... Besides that, he's had, like, a fantastic year. I'll pull up his splits right now, pull up his game logs. Month to month, he was, oh, he had a fantastic May, but June and April and March, he was just okay. This month, he hasn't allowed a run, so that's pretty good. Uh, The last time he allowed a run was... Against Milwaukee in the 4-14 to loss. So he allowed four runs there, two runs. It seems like the only times he's like allowed runs, it's like quite a bit. Three runs, two runs, four, two. A lot of zeros and just like three one-run games. So it's like ERA is like pretty good. Also, using ERA with like relief pitchers, it's just... They don't get a lot of innings. His whip, 0.785. That is elite for a start or a reliever. That is elite. He's great. The White Sox needed that bullpen bump up. Yeah, definitely. To complement the starters, help the starters. And, And, I mean, the bats, there are bad games, unfortunately. And, I mean, that's where he comes in. I mean, at this point, they should be putting up three, four, five runs a game. But... Uh, like today, they didn't score anything. So, you know, if it's a low-scoring game, that's where you want that. Especially with Liam Hendricks. Can't just put the pressure on Liam Hendricks every ninth inning. Sometimes you want a good, you know, get the setup man in there. And I don't even know if he's going to be the setup man, if he's going to be the, you know, seventh inning guy, or if he's going to be the eighth. Because Michael Kopech, I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to be a starter, at least until next year or the year after. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like him in the bullpen. So, at first, I was like a little weary about it but now the more i see him come out of the mm-hmm. bullpen i'm like okay i actually really like him pitching one to two innings yeah 
Yeah, so like the Brewers faced the White Sox this past weekend. The White Sox took two of three. In the Sunday night baseball game, Liam Hendricks had to pitch the eighth and the ninth. Mm-hmm. Adding Ryan to para, it he is your high leverage reliever before you get to the ninth. So in that case of that game, Tapera would have pitched the eighth and Hendricks would have pitched the ninth. Because without him, you had Liam go two innings. They probably had an off day the next day, so it didn't really matter. But let's say they did have a game the next day. Two innings puts a guy out of commission the next day. Yeah. You don't want especially, that. So. Yeah, especially closers who only pitch or are accustomed to pitching 20 pitches in an inning, if that. Great additions from the White Sox. We'll see if they add any more to that. The Blue Jays get Brad Hand, a lefty reliever. He's been okay. He's been all right. But uh, it, it's good for Jays. They get another left-handed reliever to go in their, their pen. Right now, they sit at 51-48. and 48. They're four games back of the wild card, nine and a half of the division. So they're kind of fighting for the wild card team. Didn't give up much at all. We're seeing this year, especially for relievers, you don't have to give up like anything. The White Sox gave up like their number 12 prospect, I think, for Tapera. Mm-hmm. So good yeah. good return for the Cubs, I guess. Getting anyone in the top 30s decent. Brad Hand, whatever. <sighs> Time to get to the emotional part. We'll start off with the Joey Gallo start. Joey Gallo traded to the New York Yankees. They have a year and a half left of control on him, which is great. They also got a reliever. I think it was John Keene. The Yankees already have a guy named Michael Keene, so they have two Keens in their organization now. They have Joey Gallo, who's able to play elite defense. He provides a left-handed bat on their team that they needed. They didn't have like any left-handed bats besides Brett Gardner. And he can hit home runs. People talk about his average, but the dude gets on base. He walks a lot, and he hits a home run. And especially, and to get they put shifts on him, this dude is playing at Yankee Stadium. It's like 250 down right field line. Yep. You know how many more home runs he's going to get? And instead of having deep flyouts, his average is going to go up just because it'll be home runs a lot. Yeah. You can see him hit 40 or 50 next season alone. The Rangers got a pretty decent return. Uh, the Yankees gave up like their 14th prospect, their 12, 13. No one inside the top 10, I believe. They got, got like a decent return. None of the big names from Yankees, which is good. They didn't have to. And then they also got another left-handed bat today in Anthony Rizzo. At first, the Red Sox were in on him. But the Yankees made the move, and they traded for Anthony Rizzo. I, I feel bad for the Cubs fans today that attended the game. I don't know if you heard, but Rizzo had a scheduled day off today, and Bryant was just off in general. They like he, they're they're managing him based off of his hamstrings recently, and not wanting to overwork him. But none of them got an at bat today. 
They didn't get anything. So, so like the Cubs fans that attended the game today, they didn't get one more final ovation for Rizzo or Bryant. And how do you feel about that? I feel like they sh- the management should have. I mean, how do you know? I mean, how do you plan for that though? Mm-hmm. Well, it, they they were down like seven to three. They weren't like gonna win the game. They were losing by like quite a bit already. Mm-hmm. You got to give them in the seventh inning. They were down seven to three, and they had Kyle Ryan after he finished his inning hit a pitcher. Damn him hit. You could have just thrown. I get that you don't want to burn your bullpen guys and like you're still trying to get guys up and whatnot, especially because they don't have a day off. They're going straight to Washington. Like, got to get them up. Just give them like one last go out there. I I think that um, I'm surprised that we didn't see at the bare, at the very least KB. Because mm-hmm. we don't know, we don't. I mean, at this point, we probably won't, unless they end up keeping him for some reason. Which at this point, that's not a true sell. You're not gaining. Like they have, they he's have the most to valuable him. player. He's the most trade. valuable. Yep, yep. He's younger. He's one MVP. I mean, he's he can do it. He started off very hot this year. I thought he actually was having a great year. Obviously, batting average doesn't tell everything. It did drop a little bit. But I think, um, you know, there's talks heating up with him going to the Mets, which the Mets have a lot to offer. So, I, I mean, this, this literally next tomorrow, they very well could be tomorrow. When is, when is trade deadline end? 4 p.m. Eastern time. At 4 o'clock, right? So 3 o'clock our time. I have a feeling we are going to wake up. I wake up pretty early. So I would say around noon, we're going to know for a fact. And I think it is going to. I'm like 90% sure like KB is gone. And it's there's probably going to be others. There's probably they might keep Wilson and Javi. I I don't see why not. Javi I feel like is the guy to keep, but yeah, KB is definitely going to be gone, which is sad. Unfortunately, it's you know what though. As sad as it is, you got to think like, all right, now mm-hmm. we start the rebuild. This 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 core. And it sucks because they are the core of the family. I mean, I consider that a family. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a family. But, you know, it, they're on the bigger and better thing. I mean, Rizzo going to New York should thrive. If Bryant goes to New York with the Mets, which would be kind of interesting to see that Crosstown or the Subway series against each other would be kind of funny, mm-hmm. is going to thrive because the Mets are an up-and-coming team. They're good. They are, are they still leading the division. I think they're still yep. leading the division over there. So they they have better opportunities over there. They do. And who's to say mm-hmm. at the end of the season, KB or Anthony Rizzo doesn't just come back to Chicago? Yeah. Will it happen? Maybe. I don't know. Rizzo loves Chicago. Rizzo mm-hmm. loves. And I'm sure KB does too, but I feel like Rizzo actually like is in love with Chicago, and I don't blame him. Yeah, Chris Bryant did say this week, like even if they did trade him, he'd be cool to come back. Money's got to cool. be there. I, I tweeted out today, though, that this is probably, like, the first trade that has, like, hurt me. We all knew these guys were going to get traded. But mm-hmm. it's just the fact that it's a reality. We've been talking about it all year. Rizzo was the beginning of this rebuild. He was the beginning of this era, the World Series era. Traded back in 2012, 2013. 
He went through a couple hundred loss seasons. Then they got really good. He was the captain of the team. Like the guy you love to see. And then they, the front office just ruined their window. Failed to extend any of these guys. And this is what they had to do. They, they were just forced to sell because of them not negotiating contracts. And, that, and their team being in a good spot to go out and make moves. Like we haven't even talked about, we're going to talk about a team that's able to do that coming up shortly. And the Cubs should have been in their same position. They messed up big time. Hayward was a mistake signing. You just got to push that to the side. But like they didn't go after Harper. They didn't re-sign Castellanos for 16 million a year. They decided to trade away you Darvish they decided not to trade any of their assets to like retool their team and fix it up. Their drafting was terrible in the time that they had this window going. And you and you saw it once they traded a few of their top prospects with included Labor Torres, Eloy, Dylan yeah. Cease. After that, their farm system was trash. You see with the White Sox, they have a sick farm system right now. Yeah. The, the Cubs the Cubs were kind of like that at the moment, but the White Sox is way deeper and it's 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 just sad. I had a couple tears, not gonna lie, when the trade happened. I just I sat in my chair for like twenty minutes, like this is this happened execution day <laughs> and like you know I, what? I mean it, it, it's it's definitely a tough pill to swallow you gotta think he's mm -hmm. a, he was a part of history that like our parents and our, our our grandparents you know probably didn't see you know and great aunts great uncles who sat around as cubs fans never were able to see it and rizzo was a part of a part of history not yeah. you know this isn't like a team that's won 27 world series this is a team who hasn't won in 108 years after a 17 minute rain delay and you know he was a part of that so i mean i feel for you i definitely do feel for you cubs yeah. fans i mean that's all i've been seeing is people just reposting and resharing stories of rizzo getting traded with the with the sad face and it's a bummer you got to be happy it had you got to be happy that he was a part of that because like mm -hmm. it, for him to keep the positivity and and his story alone you know, obviously overcoming cancer gets traded, I think, from the Padres organization Yep. and and dealing with, through the struggles. I mean, the Cubs were struggling and finally Epst Epstein comes in, makes a couple moves here and there. Like you said, the farm system was good. Something there was I don't know who took control of what, but like the fact that they were able to trade Eloy and Dylan Cease and all these guys, which I mean, I'm very, very grateful for. And it was a good move at the time because Quintana, the, his first, I mean, he was okay for being a fourth or a fifth starter. It's just your expectations were a little bit higher than what they should have been. And obviously they're in a bad spot. And that's just mm -hmm. the way, unfortunately, a lot of baseball franchises, that's how that is. But some franchises are always contenders, as you mentioned. And I know you're about to get to it. So mm -hmm. there's, there's, yeah. there's one team who just continues every year to make the big splash every single year. I don't understand it. Yeah, I, I'm glad I went to the game on Monday. 
It was, I got to see Rizzo, Baez, and Bryant one last time. I, this hurts to say, I never attended a game that Chris Bryant homered. Never did. But I, I've seen Rizzo, I see Baez, Contreras, I've seen everyone else homer. Never attended a game that keeps. I don't think I've ever been. I've I've seen Baez Homer. I've seen not Contreras Homer. I've seen Rizzo Homer. Actually, in most games that I've gone to, I've seen Rizzo Homer. Um, and randos, some random. I see. I think I've seen like Ian Happ Homer. Mm-hmm. I've seen you know just very random guys. Well, unfortunate there, but hey, gotta gotta see one last home run from Rizzo, and then. Baez, walk it off. We'll see if he gets traded tomorrow. So next week might be another an emotional episode here. Uh, before we get into the main franchise, we're going to talk about the Padres. They're becoming one of those franchises that has this absolutely stacked farm system. And A.J. Preller is just a mastermind. He traded for Adam Frazier last week. Didn't give up like anything. And they have a year and a half left of Adam Frazier. Great trade. Their infield, first, second, short, and third base, all all stars. Last time that happened was the Chicago Cubs. But that was that was all due to fan voting when Rizzo, Zobrist, Russell, and Bryant were all starters in the all-star game. Yeah. So they, they have four alf- or four all-star. Um, infielders with uh, Cronenworth, Frazier, Machado, and Tatis. They went out and got Adam Frazier. I did hear. I hope this doesn't happen. This is this just popped in my head. I need to mention it now. I hope that the Cubs do not trade for Eric Hosmer. Oh, he has like five years, fifty nine million left. And the Cubs offered Rizzo like five years, 70 million. So they're like, yeah, we might just go out and get him. Please, no. Please, no. No, no, no. Well, well so they, they, when was the <laughs> last time he was good? I mean, wasn't he? He was big time with KC and. He's had a, he's had a pretty decent season this year. He's uh no, never mind. Seven sixteen OPS. Last year is pretty good. But his career, he's he's just okay. First baseman, just okay. Doesn't doesn't really walk a lot. Strikes out he's, a lot. Nothing against his age, but he's also thirty one. He's turning thirty two this year. I, I don't think it's worth it. Mm-mm. Not at all. I that's why I am Really hoping they they don't. I th- well, what I heard is that they would the Cubs would get Eric Hosmer, and then they would get a good prospect from the Padres, which is good. The Padres farm system is stacked, so if they could give up a stacked farm system guy to go with him, then maybe I'll think about. It. <laughs> so that happened. Uh, any, I swear the Padres had one more trade. They were going to get Max Scherzer. They, they made they one. Had him. They almost had Max Scherzer. They did one. They did one more trade, right? 
I only know of the one. Um, Let me see here. Every MLB deal. So go back. Yeah, that's it. At I, least I, for the I last they, week. Interesting. I thought they made more. I guess not. Yeah, no. I mean, just looking at their uh, transactions for the last week, the only trade is the uh, the Pittsburgh trade with Adam Frazier. So, okay. Yeah. Oh well. Well, they're they're trying to get Daniel Hudson right now from the Nationals. The Nationals are it. Jeff Passan literally just tweeted out they're finalizing a deal to acquire Daniel Hudson, which is cool. They're getting bullpen help that will help them out there. I think they're eyeing in on Craig Kimbrell. I think they really need Craig Kimbrell. That's not happened yet. The Dodgers, though, they just went off. They have easily won this trade deadline. Like, no one can even compete right now with that. They went out and got Daniel Danny Duffy earlier today. Great, he's been pitching well. Tonight, though, this is the situation I thought the Cubs would be in, but they weren't. The Dodgers just continue to make moves. Their salary cap's up to $275 million now. They traded for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Like, are you serious? Max Scherzer, who has... He's a free agent after this year, so that's cool. It's whatever. <laughs> they added their fourth scion to the rotation. <laughs> uh, and then they get Trey Turner, who has a year and a half left on his contract. Like, are you serious? Corey Seager, he's hurt right now, but he will be a free agent at the end of the year. I think this trade makes it known that, hey, like we aren't going to sign back Corey C. We'll keep Trey for next year. Maybe we get him a deal next year. But, like, they got the two best pieces from Washington. Juan Soto's still there. He's their number one. But what the heck? They gave up their number one and two prospects, Ebert Ruiz and Josiah Gray. Josiah just made his MLB debut with the Dodgers, so shout out to him. At least he got to make a start with the Dodgers. Now he's going to Washington, a team who's not doing all right. They sell, so he's probably going to be on their team the remainder of the year, I'd assume, which mm -hmm. good for him. Ebert Ruiz, catcher. They didn't have a spot with him with Will Smith behind the plate. Ebert should be nice. They don't really have a catcher in Washington as well. They also get a double A player, Casey. He's like an outfielder. And they get another arm with Gerardo Rio. Rillo. I don't know how to pronounce it, but two R's, two L's. Like I, I can't I can't believe it. The Dodgers just continue to do it every single year. They get like the, the main guys. It was Mookie Oof. one year. It's they literally are 
they are what the Yankees try to be. I feel like the Yankees are always going after some players. They're pretty stacked, like every year, at least on paper. Difference is the Dodgers obviously win. The Yankees obviously do not. Um, I the Dodgers are the team to beat. I feel, I don't I don't see how they don't go back to back. And that's with the Giants taking the division. If the Giants hold on to the division, which they've been playing pretty damn good baseball all mm-hmm. year. The Dodgers as a wild card team is going to be probably the most favorited wild card team in the history of the MLB. Probably one of the most. Oh, there's been some tough. I think they win the division. They're only a couple games back of the Giants yeah. right now. But like with their additions, unbelievable. It's, it's, it's tough. So unbelievable trade. It makes it, it makes it so easy to hate the franchise that you root for when it's not the Dodgers. <laughs> Yeah, and also Max Scherzer, he had a no-trade clause, so like he had to approve this deal. Before the trade, he did say he wanted an extension to whatever team he goes to. Yeah, he wants which, to be one and... Why not? Which they, they might be able to sign him next year to a deal or like a couple years. Especially, we don't know what's going down at the moment, but like... Maybe Trevor Bauer just isn't a Dodger anymore, and they were able to get that money off the books. We'll have to see. Oh, I forgot about Trevor Bauer. We'll see what ends up happening with him. He's another topic of discussion for another day, at least until we figure out what's going on with him. Can't believe that. Definitely super shocked. But trade deadline continues. There are more trades to happen. This is probably the craziest trade deadline in recent years. How about the fact that it all lined up perfectly with the NBA? Because obviously the NBA finished late, so everything's happening at the same time. And Mm -hmm. I know we don't talk hockey. Hockey's happening. The NFL is kind of done with transactions, but like, surprise, surprise, somebody else in the NFL decides to come back finally. And, And I'm overwhelmed right now with, it's like Christmas. If you are a sports fan, if you're a fan of baseball, this is like one of the you, there's certain Christmases you remember. I remember when I got my Nintendo 64. I'm not going to tell you how old I am. I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to remember getting my Nintendo 64, getting a PlayStation 3 or 2, one of those. And those are the ones you remember. Us as sports fans getting a trade deadline like this, seeing one of the best pitchers in the history of the game go to arguably one of the best franchises as far as being ran the right way in the last, I don't know how many years. It, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I mean, every it, there's so many moves being made that benefit that team. Even the Padres. Yeah, they didn't land Max Scherzer. They, they almost did. They still got Adam Frazier. They're still going to compete. They still can run with the Dodgers and the Giants in the West. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> I am not ready for tomorrow. Again, we'll talk more about the trade deadline, NBA free agents next weekend. Time to end off the episode with some football talk. We're getting a last dance in Green Bay. Is it a last dance, though, based off what they've done? Not really, but we get the gist. One last run 
with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. And Randall Cobb. Cobb Randall is Cobb's back. back. Yeah. So Devontae contract talks broke off there. Aaron Rodgers, he's more tradable next year. But I heard a report today like they're reworking his contract. He uh I believe he officially agreed. We don't have the details yet. He basically said so initially, this whole thing is because, like we've talked about, like I've always said, like they, it's got to be because he they're not giving him the Tom Brady treatment when he deserves it. He's not stupid. He's a smart guy. And he came out and said it. And so he decided to come back. And on, on the terms of we're going to re, reconstruct my contract, his contract, for one year. It's a one-year deal. That is what has been said. Oh. I believe this is it. He's one and done. I don't think that there's going to be an extension. I think they literally reconstructed his contract just to get him for this year. And I think that's why he and Tay Adams, Devontae Adams, posted that, that last dance. This is it. I'm done after this. I cannot play for this organization which uh, you know, I'm um, and and the fact that he said this kind of confirms my theory, and I feel happy that I'm right on this. You wonder why Green Bay, the only big name they've ever really gotten ever, was Julius Peppers at the age of like 34, and it makes you wonder how is Aaron Rodgers not able to recruit? They literally never listened to him and never asked for his opinion. And he said that he tore them up in the most passive way you can tear a, an organization up. And he made them look bad. He made mm -hmm. them look, he literally said, you guys, I go in, I, I, I do extremely well. He didn't really say that, but it was more so I've tried to lend a helping hand. I'm trying to get this franchise in past that hump. It's a hump. This team has probably been to more NFC Conference championship games than any team in the last 12, 13 years. And all he wanted was just a piece of the pie. He's, he wants to win. He literally wants to win. And how can any Packer fan be mad at that? I cannot get... I, my, if my, my, the front office doesn't want to win, I'm mad at the, I'm mad at the franchise. You Rodgers is good for another three to four years. I don't, there's mm -hmm. no way he's not. There's no way he's not. So this is it. He's back. He's back for a year. Devontae Adams, this year and next. I highly doubt that they're going to extend him. He might just go join Aaron Rodgers wherever he goes. Might go to Chicago for all we know. Hmm. Who knows? Who knows? But this is the first time as a Packer fan where I feel as though I will have to experience a rebuild. You're, you're sitting in my shoes for football. <laughs> and it's weird. But also deep down, I'm like, Jordan Love could be better than Rodgers. I might get lucky yeah. again. I mean, who would have thought that Rodgers would be better than Brett Favre? I mean, mm -hmm. it's, 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 a weird, it's a weird concept. I mean, there's other quarterbacks out there that are going to be free agents in the next couple of years that are tradable. One of my coworkers said, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G, why not him next year? Like, ah, I don't know about that. Jordan Love, he's young. He's, he's literally working behind the best. The, I, 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 yeah, as a Packers fan, 
I'm excited that he's coming back. I feel like there's a determination to win. And maybe, just maybe, they rekindle the relationship and are like, listen, we won. We got close to winning. Hopefully it's, hey, we won. We want you. We want to listen to you. We want to listen. We're going to give you a max contract. We want to sign Devontae Adams. We'll keep Randall Cobb. And that was a big thing he said, too, is I felt as though how they treated the veterans, which are core players, was unfair. Mm-hmm. And he's literally saying they don't care about us. So why would I care about you? And 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 I, I think he I mean. You feel for that guy, you feel for a guy who cares about he loves he loves Green Bay. He loves and Green Bay loves him, but the not the French. It's not, you know, it's not kosher. Mm-hmm. I thought I think I saw something where he pretty much compared him or compared like Green Bay to like Jerry Krause. Like people were comparing that that situation. I wonder if that is more so what his Instagram story was about versus the last dance, but it was more so this got ruined by this. Mm -hmm. I think that was more so the subliminal message. There's so many ways to take that Scottie Pippen and Jordan last dance picture. I mean, for me, it was like, well, if they're gone, the franchise, well, what caused them to be gone? Jerry Krause, yeah. Packers front office. I don't think so much it's the head coach of the Packers. I mean, he's young. I know that obviously he did not trust Rodgers with the ball against the, the Bucks last year, which he should have. Um, but, I mean, LaFleur is young. He's a talented coach. And I think I think that he, he's got to do what he can to rekindle this fire with, with Aaron Rodgers because – he literally is the best thing to happen in this franchise. One of the best things. Mm-hmm. Man. A lot of drama everywhere at the moment. Everywhere. I think that's going to do it, though, for this episode. That is it for this week's episode. I'm eager to wake up and see more trades tomorrow. Make sure you guys tune in next week, Wednesday. We should be recording, so the episode will be out on Thursday, which is going to be August 5th. Uh, we're going to – it's going to be more trades. NBA – it's probably going to be a lot of free agents and probably a lot of trades in the NBA also. So stay tuned for those updates. Make sure you check us out. SR Only Pod. We are on Twitter, Instagram. Follow us. I'm iGoose. Four O's. I am at the Healy 6. We'll see you next week.